swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and anger a million people with our bad faith arguments. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today we're talking about another film on that list. Alfred Hitchcock's Voyeur epic, Rare Window. Rear Window was released on August 4th, 1954, starring James Stewart, Grace Kelly, Raymond Burr, and Wendell Corey. Before we peer into our neighbors' homes, I have to ask you to leave a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. Yes, give us a thumbs up, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your neighbors, you know, tell us how we're doing all the right things, how we do all the wrong things. Well, hopefully your neighbors aren't killing anybody in the backyard, so <laughs> it, may, it may help that conversation go better. <laughs> you know, they should listen to this first uh, before they do any any nefarious <laughs> things. I know, I know. Speaking of neighbors, what what gives you joy today, Raji? What gives me joy today? I'm going to tell you this story. Um, over the last week, I have been craving this idea of watching... Um, True Lies, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie um, directed by uh, the director of Terminator and Avatar, James Cameron. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've been wondering for a long time why this movie has not been in any streaming service. I can't find it on Apple, Google, YouTube, Amazon. And I, I remember as a kid, so many great scenes from that film, like the, the scene where, you know, uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis dropped a gun and uh, something happened. I'm not going to spoil this old film for people who haven't seen it in a long time, but I have fond memories of it. So I bought this film and uh, man, childhood memories are a weird thing uh, because it's it was quite horrible. Not because <laughs> the action set pieces were bad, not because um, the action... Uh, movie was poorly directed. No, the movie was bad because of the incredible amount of racism and sexism that was in, involved in the film. And I couldn't believe that I was watching uh, such incompetent bad people and uh, such blatant sexism in a movie that came out in 94. And it made a lot more sense to me why this movie, despite everything, uh, is not being sold. Uh, right now on any platforms because I think this the movie studios are trying to bury it but you know it's it's quite interesting have you seen True Lies? I'm pretty sure I have isn't that the, that the one where like the major like set pieces that a fighter jet yes that yes one? that one with yes that's the one with the fighter jet I mean the stunts look incredible uh, there's some really good action scenes but man that movie didn't age well it didn't age well Oh, man. It's like you watch the first few minutes and everything is still good. But then as you go on and on, it just gets worse and worse. And by the end of the movie, you're like, okay. When I was a kid, this all seemed rad. But now that I'm an adult, yeah, this is sad. Anyway, what I makes mean, me happy yeah. in that whole conversation? Growth. I've grown. So. <laughs> I, I mean, CBS has a show now. That's... Mm -hmm. I think on that wow. lore. <laughs> Interesting. Probably also not very good. But um <laughs> I mean I'm I'm glad you know that that you could recognize some things probably should just stay in the past. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. It would have been interesting if that movie popped up in our IMDb Top 250 and we had to review it. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be popping up in any 250 list anytime soon. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What makes me happy, though? Let's see. Um... I've been cooking a bunch and just trying new stuff. So that's that's always exciting, interesting, learning how things work. Like I made a a beef pie, like a British beef pie yesterday. It was mm-hmm. pretty good. Oh, nice. Um, with, with like a new technique of that I've never tried before with like thickening sauce. And it was like mind blown. Um, wow. Cool stuff. Like I, I enjoyed that side of life currently, like cooking a lot and thinking of what to do and learning new things. Like I said, the hot sauce last week right um so yeah just doing that thing it's fun i enjoy it and for those of you who don't know um johannes worked on creating the moviemistrial.com website um when he's talking about um doing new things one of the things that he did was actually build the website um and he's probably going to be modest when he talks about it but i think that it's pretty cool so we're we're all benefiting from we're all benefiting from this new drive to do things. Of curiosity, new. And, uh, right? Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cool. And right, and uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a developer of any kind. I'm you know my 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 work is in yeah. project and program management. So this is all I, new, I did, but I, it's all all kind of fun. I, I did want you guys who was going to be modest about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Because I see the imperfections, but that's fine. I need to live mm. with imperfections. That's all good. Anyway, we are window. So we're talking about that Shia LaBeouf movie, right? <laughs> Only if. Only if. <laughs> Only if Shia LaBeouf had... Well, I do think he actually has a good... You know, he has a good range for an actor. But yeah, this movie went uh, totally different uh, in certain ways. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen Disturbia, but I know of it. But I've never seen it. So, so this whole this whole real window movie space with all the remakes and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, I have not seen any of them. So that was, that was really a good experience. Yeah, I think Disturbia is a good movie for what it is, but it's not. Uh, it definitely doesn't have the level of gravitas as this one does and i think that it relies on a little bit more modern things anyway this is not a movie about um it's not a rating about disturbia but uh yeah anyway let's talk about yep yeah let's let's talk about real window let's uh, hear right let's hear synopsis first alfred hitchcock's real window is a classic thriller film released in 1954 starring James Stewart and Grace Kelly. The movie follows the story of L.B. Jeffries, a photographer who is wheelchair-bound and stuck in his apartment due to a broken leg. He spends his time observing his neighbors through his window, becoming particularly interested in a man who he believes has murdered his wife. As Jeffries becomes more convinced of the murder, he enlists the help of his girlfriend Lisa and his nurse Stella to investigate. However, their investigations put them in danger as the suspect becomes aware of their suspicions. And we're back. So um, now that we know what this is about, let's figure out who's going to be on what side of the argument. Yeah, it's a tales, my friend. Sure thing. I'm going to go with my usual. I'm going to go with uh, stomach. I mean, I'm sorry, heads. 
Heads. Okay, I'm not. I don't want to work too hard this week, so I'm gonna go with um, reviewing for this film. <laughs> You've been on an against uh, trip lately, so I've been on an against trend. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's get going. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor, listeners, everybody out there. Um, rear window. I think. It, my main concern about this movie is that it's not really surprising. Like everything is, there, there's no twist. There's nothing. Everything is pretty spelled out. You follow this. There's not a big mystery. It's pretty clear how the story is progressing. Um, all the observations that our main character is making end up being true. Right. So there's, it's not a suspenseful mystery movie. Uh, it's also borderline icky that this person is just sitting there spying on his neighbors. Um, and morally questionable. It's, it's a little hard to root for this guy, I think. And he's also, in general, not very likable. Like, you have his girlfriend who's practically throwing herself at him. And he's very dismissive to her, uh, which is bizarre to me. He's very demanding. Granted, he's you know he, his leg is in a in a cast, so he needs help. But uh, all he does is basically just looking at his neighbors and and spying and kind of invading their privacy. So I don't find it very compelling to root for this guy. And the moments when the story picks up and the the murder, the proposed potential murder, happens. Um, there's no real mystery because everything that we see, we can, we, we see with him. So it's super believable what happens. Um, and, and it's super believable in the sense that he pieces the puzzle together. But the problem with this approach is, so th there's a positive thread because you follow along with the main dude, but the negative of it is there's no surprise at all. The only manufactured surprise is when uh, Grace Kelly is going into the apartment and uh, he comes back. But even that is super predictable. So all in all, I think this movie is incredibly predictable. There's no surprises at all. And it's effectively almost two hours of just, you know, show and tell. And I think it's kind of boring in that. Yeah, it's very interesting because, you know, it's one of the things that you talk about is show and tell. And one of the things that you always hear people uh, who are directing films say is show, don't tell. You know, it's one of the, uh, you know, the movie starts with the, the, the camera panning across multiple shots um, of, of uh, photographs in his room where you see him uh, pictures of the race and then a car crash, and then a broken camera, and then we get introduced to the main character with a broken leg. And you can deduce from that that he was part of the accident. Um, that was later commented on. Um, his nurse comes in, and after a brief conversation, she says something about, oh, whenever this happens, I always smell trouble. Um, and based on the conversations they had, you know, Oh, one of the photographs they see is the photograph of Grace Kelly on the magazine. 
um, as well. So basically, you kind of you can deduce his whole backstory just by the things they show us. Um, you know, Dennis Nurse says, you know, I smell trouble. Um, and within um, an hour, his curiosity takes the best of him and a mystery unfolds. Not necessarily the kind of mystery where you are looking for suspense because the, the, the issue was resolved much earlier in the film. Um, but I think the interesting thing and why this movie is probably my favorite Alfred Hitchcock film is that the movie is so self-contained. The characters, all the characters in here are very interesting. Um, and the payoff is, is quite well, went, went off quite well. We see the character of, um, the character, uh, that, um, what's his name? Uh, James Stewart plays El Jeff. Um, he's grappling with the idea of being a bachelor, and uh, he has a, um, a an admirer who is played by Grace Kelly. Her name is Lisa, who wants to be with him, um, and he's struggling with the idea of leaving his independence. Um, and uh, this action, this mystery brings them closer together. One of the things that, you know, they talked about at the very beginning of the film was the fact that um, he's had to go into dangerous places. He has had to do dangerous things. Um, and he sees Lisa as somebody who's been, um, who's been given a lot, who's rich, who doesn't have to really do much. And we give, we're giving that impression at the very beginning of the film. But at the end of the film, we see her going into a room of somebody who she suspects is a killer to try to prove a case. And the last thing, one of the last things he says was, oh, you should have seen her go. I was so proud of her. And by the very end of the film, his preconceived notion of her has been switched and changed. And she's sitting in his balcony reading newspapers while he has his two legs broken. So I think there's growth in a lot of the characters. Um, and, you know, it's fascinating to watch the neighbors uh, with this man, who is instinctively predisposed to, fi to film very sketchy things. He's a photographer, and I think we established that from the very beginning. So it, the, the script is very tight. The characters are very interesting. Um, the neighbors, and I think I can go into that in my um, subsequent discussions, are very interesting to watch too. So you know, uh, Lonely Heart, who wanted to kill her, uh, kill herself, um, but stopped because of the music she hears from the neighbors. The neighbors playing ambient music in very tense scenes. Everything seemed organic, and I think that's that's the reason why I've, I've loved this movie uh, from the very first time I've seen it. So. This movie is perfect. It should be higher on the list. And I think I'm going to stop talking now. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, I think the... This is like the worst neighbors ever, right? Because they're all very noisy. Mm. One of them is making uh, tons tons of music, tons of noise. There's the annoying dog. Um, and like in general, it's it's bizarre to me how open everybody is here. I guess the fifties were a different time altogether. Um, and I have other comments uh, for for later discussion too about all that. But um, you bring up bring up an interesting point, and what I mean with show and tell is exactly that, right? Like they they show the photographs. 
it's pretty obvious okay this dude you know has seen some stuff he's a good photographer uh but then they have to tell it again for the you know to pick up everybody who's not you know like who who's not able to deduct that from what they've shown and i think a lot of that happens in this movie and i think it's very frustrating because it's almost like the movie thinks it's too clever for the audience like we have to explain everything even though i think what they show is incredibly obvious you know like like i said we follow the uh, jimmy stewart character and his process and his deductions and thinking of what he's observing and we make the same observations and most likely are coming to the same conclusions it's unlikely that the the viewer is like oh this is totally innocent and it's not like the the viewer is taking the side of the police here and sure like you you can follow along for for the almost two hours and, and do all that but i think ultimately it's not super compelling it's kind of boring because there's no tension on the murder side of things there's a little tension then that is manufactured because of grace kelly feeling the urge to go to that room or into that apartment and then the tension at the end when the neighbor comes to jimmy stewart's apartment but also that is super foreseeable that that will happen and i also think it's super foreseeable that he's not going to be able to get out of his cast after a week because they keep on driving that home of like, oh, this is the last week in your cast. And then you can go back to your work and you can get all the assignments in the world that, that are compelling for you and yada, yada, yada. And it's it's driven home of like, oh, finally, you're going to be out of your cast in a couple of days. So I think it was so obvious that there's going to be something that will make it so that he's not going to be out of his cast. And that turned out to be true. So from a, from a narrative perspective, I think it's just not, there's no surprises. So you're along for the right, the right might be entertaining, but ultimately it's not giving me anything. It's not giving me anything that, that gives me pause. And it's like, Oh, this is brilliant. It's more like, yeah, I mean, this is all I was expected and uh that's unfortunate i think place 50 ish around on the list is probably okay for it but um it's not really i i expect a little more from hitchcock i expect a little more either suspense or something unforeseen and i have not really gotten anything here I think with one of the things that you mentioned, I want to highlight the fact that this falls squarely into the category of um, Alfred Hitchcock's rules of visual storytelling, which is don't show the audience um, something of importance only once. You have to show it to them three times at least um, for the for the for the importance to sink in. So this movie is a perfect candidate um, for. Uh, for that specific rule. So when you talk about how uh, the, some some things may have been uh, hopped on, 
or reintroduced several times. I think those are just following his rule of three um, to make sure that anybody who can follow um, at any point what the story is trying to do can have opportunities at every point to get what he's trying to tell. Um, so I, I think that given that context, I think it's important to understand that this movie is not a typical um, suspenseful horror style film that Alfred Hitchcock did. Uh, did. But, you know, one of the, the things Johannes mentions is that this movie has a lot of, uh, doesn't have a lot of suspense. And I, and I have to disagree with you. The suspense here is the fact that we have somebody who can't go anywhere, who has seen his neighbor purposely kill his wife. Um, you're basically living with a murderer um, in your backyard um, and he's trying to alert the authorities to it. Uh, what if this character does more and he's willing and able to do more because he killed a dog who was innocent, who just was trying to you know, find uh, a dead body under the flowers um, because from what we understand, this this guy has chopped his wife into small bits, something extremely horrific, um, and buried him all around the city. Um, there were a couple of deductions that were obviously wrong. Um, for example, they assumed that one of the things in the uh, box that was sent was um, different parts of his wife, but it was clothes that he was sending to an address uh, where he purportedly sent his wife to. Um, so, you know, what keeps the story going is the deductions the characters have. How those deductions are debunked? Are you trying to tell me that at the, close to the very end, close to the penultimate scene, where the, you know, the detective is having a conversation with them, um, that you didn't feel um, a little bit... Um, confused by what was going on there was an answer for everything how did his wife was his wife still alive somebody at the station saw his wife uh, catch the train at 6 a.m um what about the box where they chopped the body oh that had only clothes that was being sent to his wife in the town that she lived in um by the time that all of this had gone on we seem to have gotten a perfect crime. He was going to get away with it. And the only reason he didn't get away with it was because Grace Kelly goes into his apartment and gets his wife's ring, puts it on her hands. Um, uh, and that, uh, because of the culture in the 50s where a woman couldn't get a ring off, irrespective uh, of the situation, uh, we eventually get a solution to the crime. And I think that the way the whole setup is built up, the fact that over time you get to appreciate the character that Grace Kelly, Lisa plays, um, Grace Kelly plays, who is Lisa, um, the amount of sexism she has to deal with uh, from characters uh, like Lieutenant Thomas, uh, Detective Detective Thomas, um, and we get to see that people in that world have different perspectives on how to treat women. We have Jeff Jeffries and Thomas being contrasting views. Um, I think that the movie is quite fascinating. Uh, we get to get a, we get to see a spice of life from the fifties. We get to dive into cultural, the cultural ethos of the time. Um, and, you know, shout out to the short King who arrived at the very end of the film to, 
to see uh to arrive after he had gone to war to see his girlfriend who has been dancing in the window all this time. Um, I, I think this movie was just, I think this movie is probably Alfred Hitchcock's best film. The fascinating thing, and then we take everything for granted, right? We take for granted that this person will go to jail for the rest of his life. But none of the evidence that was recovered while breaking in would be would probably be admissible in court i would think and i also found it not super believable like the 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 story that the murderer can tell is like hey this woman broke into my apartment she's stealing stuff you know and of course i'm i'm trying to apprehend her and and thinks that you're here <laughs> it's so um it's a little bizarre that that she gets off very easily i understand you know bail is posted and all that it's it's all happening very quickly it's not the main focus of this story but i found it very unbelievable um and sure there's an explanation for everything uh but but even there we have lisa saying well a woman would never do this a, a woman would never take it off so that has to be a different woman and Again, we're, we're at a place where it's spoon-fed to us, and it's it's understandable. We can we follow that logic. It's like okay, it really has to be a different woman. We never, I don't think we saw a woman enter and then leave. Right? We only saw at some point we saw him leave with a woman, at like at six a.m. in the morning. However, that woman got uh, yes. there, right? However. But but that doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. That whole distraction at the end doesn't matter, really, right? Because we see all the other evidence that is, is still compelling enough. Um, I guess if anything, it's it's a tale of a police that's not ready to do the work they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I go ahead. Yeah, I, I, see, the interesting thing about it is I think everybody was doing the competent thing. Even the police were right. You can't arrange people, arrange people uh, based on just the idea that you're sitting at home with a camera. Did you see the crime? No, you didn't see the crime. Do you have proof that this woman was killed? No, I don't have proof that this woman was killed. Um, we have traced, traced the woman's whereabouts. It's been, you know... Uh, confirmed that she was in the location that they said people saw her board the train. It seemed like the perfect crime, and I don't think that the police was wrong to uh, to or to to take the actions they did. I mean, the point that the guy mentioned was, "Hey, do, have you heard about the Constitution?" Which kind of puts limits on how the police um, should be acting. And we know, you know. I wouldn't say anything disparaging about the police on this podcast because it's not their venue to do it. But we've seen records of, you know, police who've not done the right thing in situations. Um, and this guy is like, all right, I'm going to do the right thing. But you have to understand that one of the interesting, um, one of the things that make this movie very intriguing to me is that all the characters are so deep. We, It's like the movie is the depth of the film is 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 very narrow we're we're secluded in this uh our neighborhood enclave 
but we get to see people live their lives and we get to get context about almost every single character. Like the character of Lisa is extremely rich. She's showing up on magazine covers everywhere. She has a butler who brings food in with the best lobster and wine. They can bring it to anywhere in the world, but she only carries 20, 25 cents in her purse. <laughs> so basically her whole life is people just giving her stuff. Um, because she's very pretty. Um, and this is something that was alluded to by uh, her boyfriend. Um, so it's like, we get to see all these characters um, and we get to see very deep characters. Even Thelma, uh, Thelma Rita, who plays Stella, the, his nurse who massages his leg, talks about her relationship with her husband, talks about how she's used... Um, our instincts to find trouble in the past. So it's like you get an insight into all this, um, all these characters. What about the character of um, the woman who almost killed herself? Um, uh, Lonely Hearts, who was, who was interested in finding a relationship and went on many, many horrible dates, um, including one where somebody almost essayed her. But then she heard music coming from upstairs and she found the love of her life. The, the relationship between the two of them was seemed like it was mint. Um, so you know, the couple who slept on their slept on their balcony and had to put their bed in every time it rained because it was so hot. Um, there's so many intriguing characters in this film who don't say much, um, who don't do uh, do much except live their lives. But it become a microcosm uh, of the 1950s and the time of that period, the seclusion of that neighborhood. Um, and the rare window is a perfect encapsulation of life at that time um, for this rich people living in this rich white folk area. So that's, that's my take on this. Huh? I, I think it's, it's, it's creepy, right? I mean, this obviously is a very voyeuristic movie and yes, it's all, packaged as this murder mystery thing but just thinking about if you're one of the other people in that if you if you're any of the people even the murderer right if you're any of the people in in this neighborhood and you have one person that is bored out of his skull and just you know checking out whatever you're doing all day while you think you're in you know in your comfort of your home uh you know doing whatever you need to do what you want to do that's kind of creepy i think uh, and you know, that doesn't necessarily make that uh, jimmy stewart character very likable in my opinion i also wondered why since he's this top-notch photographer why he never he used the camera as a way to get closer with his telephoto lens, but I was one—I was surprised he never took pictures of any of the things he saw to to gather some at least uh, supporting evidence, I suppose. But um, that's that's kind of a side note there. So yeah, you know, all I have to say against this is. I think it's very predictable and, and, and kind of boring in that. And the main character is creepy and not in a sense of like, just, just from a human aspect, it's 
it's creepy when you think about there's somebody who's following your every step when you think you're not being watched and that's morally a little iffy but yet we are supposed to root for this guy i don't know it's 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 kind of a weird movie for me i think that the movie addresses that point too because um one of the things they talked about in the film was the fact that if the neighbors didn't want you to see something they could always put their shades down um and when uh lisa came to visit who who is played by grace kelly of course um, one of the things she did was when she wanted to change into a nighty, she put down the 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 blinds and said, you know, that's enough for tonight. Um, I think that there's a human instinct and the way the building is set up to have people look into each other's homes. This is a square stuff. So what? You you can't live you can't go anywhere. Your leg is broken and. You have to sit down. There was no Netflix in those days. You needed to find something to do. I don't entirely think it was creepy. And it was just being instinctive. He was a photographer. He's been to very dangerous places. So he could he had a hunch and he went with it. So I, I, I don't I don't disagree. Uh I don't agree with the fact that he's creepy. I do agree with the fact that he's abrasive. Um but I think that abrasiveness makes his character a lot more interesting. Uh, so that's uh, those are my final thoughts on this argument, and I think we can talk more on the sidebar. Sure, let's move over to the sidebar. Overruled. Sidebar. Guilty. Speculation. Hearsay. Bailiff. Briefcase. Disregard. In my chamber. Stop Beaver on the witness. Arrest. We could totally be lawyers. So, what do I really think about this movie? I guess <laughs> I I enjoyed it. Right? Like I I still think my critique stands. Uh, there were no surprises to me. Hmm. Um. Like I said, the the thing with the leg that he, he he will not be able to leave after a week. I thought that very early on because it's so driven home that it's his final week. Um, this movie is incredibly horny. Horny is just you know for for the times I thought Jesus, you know you have the newlyweds <laughs> that move in next door. Oh yeah, and, and we get brief glimpses into the, the husband opening a window just to catch some air, and then in the background you hear the wife just like, "Hey, come back!" and and you just kind of see like, "Oh," and then he he puts the the curtains down again. So okay, right? And then you have the dancer <laughs> across the street who's dancing, who has different flings and different men over. Um. To the point where she has three different guys there and she picks one. And at the end, the big reveal is that she has, I guess, a long-term, long-term partner husband. We don't know who's a, with the military and came back. So that's an interesting choice. Uh, then you have the mu- musician that also has a lot of people around. I feel like with that it's it's been kind of played as we don't know if you know men or women are his thing uh, i think you can make an argument for both mm-hmm. and then you have the the sad lady downstairs that uh obviously well, lost honeyness honeyness is going on she can't uh, she can't get any honeys well i think uh, i f- i think she's a person in grief right she lost somebody obviously at least that's how I read it. 
she lost somebody. She she gets the courage to get out and bring somebody home, and that person was too aggressive, so she kicked them out. And then she that's how I read it. Hmm. So so that's where and and then you have the top neighbors with the dog and the in the basket, which is just uh, it's something I don't fully understand what they were all about. So it's a weird bunch of people, and and it's all kind of kind of horny. And then you have Grace Kelly, like I said, she's throwing herself at him, very obviously, right? Like she's she's selling herself, and he's not really really shopping <laughs> at the moment. And it's, I just thought it's it's very interesting for a movie from the fifties to be so overt. But maybe that's maybe my my impressions of the time are just misguided, mm. right? Like if if the if the media is showing a world where this is accepted and like the standard, so I guess that was kind of the thing. I think we we get some glimpses here and there of of social norms and the culture, right? With the uh, don't talk to my landlord that she's mm. living over here that that's an interesting concept in and of itself um but yeah altogether i i still find the the voyeuristic aspect of this a little creepy and i don't fully buy the you know that the own the the honors is on the people that don't want to be seen necessarily right like it's it's obviously very hot so people should have the ability to have windows open and not close themselves in if they want to get some airflow but also have the right for privacy i think so Mm. we as people i think have moved quite a bit in that sense but then we also have tiktok and twitter and facebook right so (laughs) we we have not on it i i i I think that this movie is i think that so um I think that honestly, one of the situations in this thing that we have to appreciate is the fact that number one, um, the the architecture of the building is such that everybody gets to see almost everybody uh, in front of them. Um, I think everybody is aware of the way the apartments are structured. They have a windows; they can close their windows or open their windows, and we see people who close their windows in the film and people who open their windows. The idea is humans are going to be genuinely curious to see what everybody else is doing, and I don't think that has changed. Um, and I think if you wanted to protect your privacy in a situation where the architectural structure is set up that way, you can by closing your windows. So I went into a high-pitched tone there for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so that's the guy who's sitting in his closet right now to record this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, but Miss Lonely Heart, I didn't, I didn't get the vibe that she lost someone. I think she's been perpetually lonely all her life, um, uh, which was, um, highlighted at the very, around the beginning of the film when she was having an imaginary dinner with somebody, um, and she had to play, act the character that she was having dinner with. And then when she meets somebody and brings them home, the person becomes uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic. I don't know if it's uncharacteristically, but they become aggressive towards her and she has had she had to stand her ground and tell him to leave um once he leaves she decides she was going to take a bunch of pills um and then she hears music 
And at the end of the film, we see that they've gone, she's gotten accustomed to the musician. They're sitting in their house listening to music while he plays. Um, I think that, you know, that's a, that's a story in itself. Um, and I think that uh, the movie has such very interesting characters that you can even look at, you know, the woman who was doing the torso dance, Miss Torso, doing the dance every day, bringing people home. Um, it was never established whether she slept with them. Uh, but we, oh, she kissed somebody on the balcony. Uh, but then, you know, her husband comes home uh, and uh, she's excited to see her husband, I guess is the word I should put. I, I think the characters are interesting. I think the movie has no wrong, nothing creepy about um, the main character. I think if your window is open, then your window is open. Um, anybody would look. I mean, unless you close your eyes when you see your neighbor's windows open. I, I don't know who has the strength and urge as a human not to peer into each other's windows. I honestly don't know. If the window is open, you you you, you look. That's my perspective. Um, okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Take, taking a mental note to not be a neighbor of yours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> keep you keep whatever's private private is what I'm saying. Ooh, you may not boy. be your neighbor, <laughs> but anybody, I don't know anybody who wouldn't look. I don't, I I think this this dude's done that to the extreme right like yes i think the like a, a glimpse here and there but then you quickly realize what you're doing and it's like mm, okay let's let's not do that but he's like there and and it's commented on by uh, by his nurse right it's like well it's a whole different level if you use your binoculars <laughs> it's like mm. yeah it's a little more creepy even right I so <sighs> But it's also his, his, all his neighbors are, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss. I think they don't recognize mm -hmm. that this is going on, which is surprising because he's super obvious and he's close to the window. But the interesting they, thing about they it, don't I'm, do uh, that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, right. you don't know. We, we always saw the guy smoking in the dark. Uh, I, I, he could have been looking at other people's windows. You don't know what he's doing. Um, there was an episode of Frasier, I don't know if you're a fan of Frasier, where uh, they bought a telescope um, and uh, now they used to sit down uh, on their balcony and stare into the neighbors. And he found another neighbor who had a telescope who used to peer into each other's, uh, into other neighbors and they started to peer into each other's lives. Uh, they would write notes to each other saying, hey, I have a dog or, you know, I'm going somewhere. Um, and eventually they said, meet. But it was, it's just, I think that it's normal human instinct to be curious. I hope humanity doesn't lose that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my take on it. I, I think I'm, I have uh, said all I need to say about this film. I think the only thing I can talk about is how organic the film felt. Like, everything felt like it was self-contained within that environment. I think that is a masterful stroke. Um, and I, like I said, this is probably my best Alfred Hitchcock film, and I've seen quite a few. Um, yeah. This is probably my best. 
I think, yeah, what you call organic, uh, that's very true. I, I thought it was brilliant how they weaved in the music. Because it was very smart to have you a, a good musician there that is tinkering with with a song. Right? We see different, we hear different iterations of it, but it's always strategically placed in good moments. And that mm-hmm. was that was very clever because everything is so self-contained in that little backyard area of of, of the block, and yeah. uh, it's very organic. It's all the people that we encounter feel very believable. They feel like real people that could live in a block like this. It feels like a very artistic neighborhood. Right, we have the dancers. We have musicians. We have photographers. Like very, mm-hmm. very artsy, right? And that's that's interesting. I thought the dialogue was very clever. Oftentimes. Uh, especially between Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly. Like, it's almost like a verbal dance those two do, um, where they sometimes talk about, I think it was apartments on the other side, but really what they're talking about is the weird dynamic between them and all that. So uh, there was a lot of good writing in this, and there's a lot of very interesting visuals. Uh, You said the the dude is smoking across the, the courtyard. Um, that was a great visual. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the the flashing scene at the end is very well done, and like oftentimes, mm-hmm. like how it goes, like blends from blinded to being able to see again. Uh, and sometimes, it, I wonder how if that was a real neighborhood when I shot it, because sometimes it looks like I was always like a real neighborhood. It, was it wasn't set. so uh, okay. Yeah, I, it was a set, but it almost feels like projections sometimes. Like they they had mm. the other flats as a like the filmed and then projected like on on the cameras, mm. and that is like you know with with like uh, sets in front of it, so it looks like it's dimensional. But uh, so it, it it looked interesting to me. It looked like very interesting problem solving, but it makes sense. It was a big set. Um. So yeah, I, it's very enjoyable. I think, like I said, I've not seen the Shia LaBeouf movie, but I probably would guess this is better than that. <laughs> Just you know, from from the basics, like Hitchcock knew what he was doing, and that's the that's the thing. You can learn a lot from him in terms of filmmaking. I still think he's bringing a lot out in the open too much. Like the rules of rules of three that you mentioned, mm. it feels a little too much handholding to me. Okay, but it's still a, a very enjoyable movie. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, it's up to the audience to decide who won this argument. I guess I. I mean, we have different perspectives. No, yeah. not necessarily different from. I mean, outside of the argument, we have we have close. Um, close ideas. Well, we, we differ strongly on voyeurism. I think it's we have to be realistic, and you think we shouldn't be doing it at all. Um, but I think that the audience can help us decide on that. So they can send us a text or a message and let us know what their views on voyeurism is. Um, is it human instinct, or am I uh, just a, a creep? <laughs> 
That's right. All of Raji's fellow voyeurs, please <laughs> reach out. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah. Next up, my friend. The list moved a little bit, but not too, too drastically. Cinema Paradiso. All right. Uh, another movie that I've seen. And that movie is quite long. Um, Never but it's always it, but good I... to go back and see this film. Um, and you know, these are the kind of movies that, uh, what do you call it? The Oscars love, because it's a movie about making films. Um, anyway, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Um, I'm just looking at the poster for it. It looks like the movie that the people are looking at is Titanic. That's hilarious to me. Anyway, uh, where can people find us? <laughs> we can find us on Twitter on the twitter on uh at movie mistrial they can also find us on facebook and instagram at the same link at movie mistrial they can go to our website which is uh moviemistrial.com and uh, you can drop it's us a note and contact at moviemistrial.com as well yeah. so we're expanding and if you have any more things you want to talk to us about feel please reach out send us a message and we'll try to respond yes Sounds great. Cool. Have a good one, everybody. Stay dry. <laughs>